الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولَ وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا فَتَفْشَلُوا وَتَذْهَبَ رِيحُكُمْ وَاصْبِرُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ كَجَسَدٍ وَاحِدٍ إِنْ اشْتَكَى عَيْنُهُ اشْتَكَى كُلُّهُ وَإِنْ اشْتَكَى رَأْسُهُ اشْتَكَى كُلُّهُ أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قرآن شریف اللہ تعالیٰ گیوز دا کمانڈ آف بینگ اوبیڈینٹ ٹو ہم اینڈ ٹو رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اینڈ دین ٹوگیدر ود دس اللہ تعالیٰ اسپیسیفائز اینڈ سیز ولا تنازعو and don't create dissension, disunity, discord because the aspect of disunity and discord this is something that saps the strength of the ummad فَتَفْشَلُوا وَتَذْهَبَ رِيحُكُمْ this will cause you to become completely lifeless in terms of strength and you would create your own downfall What we understand from this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif is the importance of unity. And this is something that has been emphasized in many ayats of the Qur'an Sharif and in numerous ahadith of Rasulullah Just to understand the importance of this from one hadith, Allah's Nabi explains a very very great virtue. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asks the Sahaba on one occasion that Allah ukhbirukum bi afdala min darajati salati wa siyami wa sadaqa Should I not tell you what is greater than all the nafil salat that you can perform? Now, how much of nafil salat can we perform? And if somebody has a lot of courage, himmat, maybe you'll get some few people one in a thousand maybe, who might be able to perform nafil salah the whole night, tahajjud the whole night, and he doesn't miss his ishraq, and kashd, and awabin, and all other nafil salah that he can perform. But how many can do this? The Nabi Salaam is saying, even greater than this, not that this is something trivial, na'uzubillah, or something that should be looked down as not something great, no, it's very great. But somebody can perform the whole night tahajjud for 50 years of his life, for 100 years of his life. Nabi Islam is saying something greater than that, should I show you? Now the mind gets boggled. What can be greater? But this is not where it ends. Greater than all the nafil fast that a person can keep. Besides the five days that it is impermissible to fast. And besides... The month of Ramadan is first obviously. 
over and above that a person fasts every day of the year. Now, how many people can do this? The Bishlasum is saying, I want to show you something even greater than this. And then not finishing off with that either, was sadaqah, all the sadaqah that a person can give. How much can a person give? Somebody can give a thousand, somebody a hundred thousand, maybe somebody a million, somebody maybe hundred million, maybe somebody a billion, Allah alam. And maybe put the whole ummah together, they'll give a few billion maybe. But how much more? Nabi Islam is saying, put all those billions together also. That too is a very great thing. It's a tremendously great act in the sight of Allah. That sadaqa extinguishes the anger of Allah. This is a figure of speech. In other words, that a person gets saved from the consequences of azab. And it repels a bad death. This is one of the numerous re- benefits of sadaqah. Nabi Islam is saying, I want to show you something beyond all the billions that anybody can spend. And not any one of these things on its own, all these three things combined. All the nafil salah, all the nafil fast, and all the sadaqah that somebody can give, something better than this. The sahaba say, please do show us. Nabi Islam says, Islahu zatil bain. That greater in reward than all these three things combined is the reward of creating peace between two people. The reward of uniting two hearts. The reward of bringing two people who are estranged from each other together. The reward of that person who became the third party doing this. His reward is so great. So what would be the reward of those who trampled that ego at that time? who made the compromise themselves, who were ready to forgive and overlook, and forge unity, their reward is even greater. Now this is the level of how important this aspect of unity is in deen. And in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah tabarak wa ta'ala gives us the same command. وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا Obey Allah and His Rasul and do not create disunity and discord. But what we need to understand at this point also is that what is being explained is don't create disunity, don't create discord. Discord and disunity is something, and difference of opinion and view is something else. Provided that the difference of view is somebody somebody who is qualified to give the view to start off with. If there is a medical problem, and it's a very rare disease. So a person goes to some specialist, and that specialist gives him some view. This is what is the problem. This is what is the treatment. And this is what you need to do. So somebody tells him, take a second opinion. So he goes for a second opinion, he gets something totally different. How often it happens? It happens very often that two specialists differ with regards to the same person and his illness and his treatment. But nobody writes both of them off because both are specialists in the field. So he decides, okay, who is the one who is more experienced, who has a greater success rate with his patients, and he follows him, he respects the other specialists for his view. 
He follows the one who has the great experience, the one who he sees has got a better success rate, and he carries on. He doesn't decide that because both have deferred with one another, just forget about both and I'll do my own thing. I'll go on to Google and I'll cheat myself. So likewise, for example, the four mazhabs, these have come from specialists in deen. And this is something that had occurred from the time of the Sahaba Ikram. When Nabi Wasallam once gave one command, and this happened many times, on one occasion, he gave a particular command, some Sahaba, there's no time to go into the details, some Sahaba did it in one way, Nabi Wasallam said, make sure you perform your salah in Bani Qurayza. So everybody left, it was a distance away, the Asar salah had to be performed there. Now on the way, some said, the time is going to expire for Asar. We'll perform the salah here, and then we'll carry on. En route. And they did that. And some other Sahaba who were also deeply entrenched in knowledge, they said, no, we will go to Bani Qurayza and perform our Asar Salah, even if the time expires. And they did that. And when they returned, this entire detail was put forward to Rasulullah This is what happened. Because both were specialists. And they had extracted it in the light of knowledge. But they still deferred. Nabi Islam upheld both. He upheld both the views that were expressed at the time and what was acted out. Nobody was wrong. And this is where the four mazhabs have come from. So that is a different thing altogether. That is something that is entrenched in deen. What is being spoken about is creating discord and disunity and creating dissension. So the issue is that where will this unity come from? What is the prescription to bring about this unity? So in another ayat of the Quran, Sharif Allah Ta'ala gives the prescription. That وَعْتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا First is, before getting to this, what is the prescription of unity is in the same ayat. Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا فَتَفْشَرُوا وَتَذْهَبَ رِيحُكُمْ وَاصْبِرُوا That there is this unity that is required at every level. Whether it is on a domestic level within the four walls of one home, between the members of one family, whether it is in an extended family, whether it is in a community, and the ummah at large, at every level this unity is required. But what is going to bring about this unity? whether it is in that same home or whether at the highest level. One of the fundamental aspects that are required is what is spoken about in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, that وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا وَاصْبِرُوا that Adopt sabr. In one house, for example, everybody doesn't have the same thinking, everybody doesn't have the same likes and dislikes, everybody doesn't have the same preferences, now everybody demands, I will have it my way or the highway. What is going to be the end result? End result is everybody will be on the highway. That home will break. That family will disintegrate. There won't be any home left. There will be a house maybe left. But there will be no home. Unfortunately, nowadays our focus is on building houses in a broader sense, but not building homes. House is something else that's made of 
brick and cement and steel and whatever else. But a home is made with sifat and qualities. A home is made with akhlaq. A home is made where there is sabr. The sabr that is being spoken about in this ayat. So this is the prescription of sabr. To take a little broader example. For example, a person has come to the masjid now. So one is that he can park his car at a very close place, but in a manner that will inconvenience others. So he decides, I will park at a further spot, but I won't inconvenience anybody. I will make sabr in taking that extra steps, in bearing that little bit of inconvenience. I'll make the sabr, but I won't give anybody else inconvenience. So now that sabr will keep that unity. And supposing somebody parked in a way that is now creating an inconvenience, then the other person will now say, I'm inconvenienced, I'm in a difficulty now, but doesn't matter, I'll make sabr on this. I'll just let it pass. So sabr to do the right thing. To do the right thing also requires sabr. And sabr to tolerate the next person's wrong. Now with both sides there will be sabr, then this unity will stay. Well, it will stay in one house also, and it will stay at the broadest level as well. So this is the prescription of this unity is sabr. And there will be from time to time where somebody or the other won't be able to see the unity. This happened right from the beginning. Once, one, there was a group of sahaba, somewhere from the Aus, somewhere from the Khazraj, these were clans that were at war before Islam came, and they were at loggerheads for years and decades. In any case, after Islam, they became united. One Yahudi passed, Shaz bin Qais, and he sees that how can these people sit like this, united like one brother, one brotherhood. He couldn't tolerate it. He went and stirred up somebody, you go and start speaking, go and surround in that gathering, and slowly get the subject between them and start talking about the wars that they fought before Islam and stoke the fire of this rivalry that they had before Islam. This person came and he sat down very, very nicely like a good friend, but his agenda was something else. Many a times when somebody there is some kind of happiness, some kind of togetherness, some unity, somebody or the other won't be able to take it. And therefore we need to be alert about this. When somebody is inciting us towards negativity, we stop right there. You leave it as it is. If somebody is encouraging us towards positivity, we accept it wholeheartedly. Somebody is saying, forget about things and join up, but accept that wholeheartedly. Somebody is saying, but what's wrong with you? How many times are you going to get trampled? Say, no, Allah Ta'ala will bless me in the akhirat. Doesn't matter. I will still forge unity. So this fellow came and he started talking all these kind of things. And insan is insan. These were old wars which were really serious wars that they had. And this stoked that fire again. And suddenly again this problem started. And they started quarreling with one another. And it came to the point where they said, tomorrow we'll meet. Like as sometimes people say, when this thing's up, I'll meet you outside. Leave the masjid now, I'll meet you outside. Nabi Islam came to know about this. And he came to them and said, Abida'wal jahiliya wa ana bayna adhurikum. Are you uh, making these statements of jahiliyat and ignorance while I'm still around? And Nabi Islam started encouraging them. And they were not like us. 
This was a moment that shaitan just put something in their hearts. Their hearts were clean. In one moment, they hugged one another, embraced one another, and began crying. And they said, this was a, this was a aspect of shaitan that came between us. We will never allow this to happen. And in that one moment, this entire fire was gone. So this unity is something that is essential, fundamental, and at the same time to be alert about those who will try to disrupt it. And never to accept somebody's negativity. Always looking forward towards positivity. But then the very important question again is, that what is going to be the basis of this unity? There has to be a foundation for this building of unity. Without the foundation, no building can stand. So one is in the ayat that we just discussed already, Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَطِيعُ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ Ita'at and obedience of Allah and His Rasul this is the foundation. And in another ayat, the same thing is mentioned differently, وَأَتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا That hold onto the rope of Allah Ta'ala together. The rope of Allah Ta'ala is the one rope, and if everybody holds onto the one rope, everybody will be together. And if somebody insists on holding something else, Everybody is here in the masjid. One person wants to stand in the jungle. And he's saying, you're not being united. Why everybody sitting in the masjid? So that person now wants to remain in the jungle. He's responsible for the disunity. We can't leave the masjid to go join him in the jungle. So the basis of unity is, And this hablullah, the rope of Allah Ta'ala, in one hadith, Nabi Islam says, that taraktu fikum thakalain, I have left two very weighty things with you. Ahaduhuma kitabullah wa huwa hablullah. One is the kitab of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. This is the rope of Allah ta'ala. And together with the kitabullah comes the sunnah of Rasulullah So the Quran and sunnah, this is the rope of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. And as long as everybody is holding on to the same rope, there'll be unity. But somebody insists on leaving it out then we can't compromise on something that is away from the Qur'an and Sunnah. For example, there are many many things that we can discuss, but just to take as an example and something very pertinent and important to us, that for example the dissent groups, deviant groups, like for example the Shia, who believe the Qur'an Sharif is incomplete, Nawazubillah, or that they reject the hadith of Rasulullah that have been authentically recorded, they make the reviling of the Sahaba a part of their deen. So now somebody says that no, must look at the bigger picture. Must look at the bigger picture and don't worry about these differences and maintain the unity. How can a person maintain unity when the foundation is not there? When the rope of Allah wa ta'ala is not being held? Abu Bakr when he became the Khalifa, some people who were far away from Medina Sharif, some tribes, they decided they are not going to pay the zakat to the Amir of the time, to the Khalifa. But Abu Bakr, he did not at that time say, let us look at the bigger picture. But as some people said that, and he said, Wallahi la man salati I will wage war against those who try to create some difference in the approach between Salah and Zakah. That Salah is something else, and Zakah will do our own thing, we'll do what we want to do. And he came to the point where he says, that if they don't give me that little string also that they used to pay in Zakah, to be discharged to the poor, I will wage war against that as well. At that time, he didn't look at the bigger picture. 
Once in the time of Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, it happened that his son Ubaidullah bin Umar radiallahu an, him and Miqdad bin Aswad, there was some little thing, some altercation. Happened sometimes, some words were exchanged. And Ubaidullah bin Umar said something harsh to Miqdad bin Aswad radiallahu an. Miqdad bin comes to Umar radiallahu an, the father, and he complains that this is what Ubaidullah said to me. So he said, what? This is what he said to you? He said these harsh words to you? He took a vow, I will cut his tongue. So when Miqdad bin Aswad radiallahu feared that this is going to really happen, he didn't mean that to happen. He said, no, no, leave it out. This was just something, not something so serious. He said, no, bring him to me. Let me create a precedent that in future lam yujad rajulun shatama rajulam min ashabi rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa illa let me create the precedent now I will cut his tongue off so that in future anybody else reviles a sahaba this will become the precedent their tongues will get cut off but in any case others came and they said look this is going a bit too serious right now it was just a small little discussion between themselves let it be so Umar Dilan was extremely disturbed about this that somebody reviles a sahabi of Rasulullah cannot be tolerated. In the time of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala, he once gave a khutbah and he says, this has come to my attention that some people are saying, I am better than Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu Had I not given any walk, I don't like to punish anybody without a prior warning. Since I did not give any prior warning, so for now I am giving the warning. Day I find this being said again in future, such a person will be given 80 lashes. He'll be given the punishment of a person who commits slander. Because by saying, I am better than Abu Bakr and Umar, he's slandering these personalities. I will give him 80 lashes. Let it not happen again. At that time, he didn't say, let us look at the bigger picture. So the issue is that this unity is essential. It is fundamental. It is something that has to be maintained at the expense of whatever of our personal issues are. But the foundations of deen cannot be compromised. The rope of Allah Taala cannot be compromised. The Quran and Sunnah cannot be compromised. So like that in even our domestic issues, our business issues, our community issues, that unity will only be maintained on the base of Quran and Sunnah. And if somebody insists on doing something against Quran and Sunnah, then that person is responsible. Then we cannot say that just maintain the unity at any cost, even at the cost of deen. No, the cost of deen, we've got to first maintain our unity with Allah. We've got to maintain our unity with Rasulullah. And then together with that, we will do whatever it does, it takes to compromise our own personal issues, our own egos, our own preferences, our desires to maintain the unity in the ummah, to maintain the unity in our own homes, the unity in our families, the unity in the entire ummah at large. This is something that has been emphasized very, very greatly in the Quran and Sunnah. And to just recap that hadith that we discussed earlier, that Nabi Islam says, greater than the reward of all the sadaqah, all the nafil salah, all the nafil fast, greater in reward than all these three things combined is islahu dhatil bain creating peace between people. إِنَّ فَسَادَ ذَاتِ الْبَيْنِ هِيَ الْحَالِقَةِ 
Because to create dissension, this shaves off a person's deen. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq of maintaining unity within ourselves, within our families, in the ummah at large, and primarily nevertheless, that holding on to the rope of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.